Hola. Hola. And aloha. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Untitled Van Life Project, the podcast. I am Amy, and next to me I've got Caleb, and this is one of our Van Life Series episodes. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Just to, like, paint you a picture, a mental picture, I guess, of where we are right now. Be, be Bob Ross to the listener's imagination right now. Gotta add some light, dark in there. That's how you see the light. It's kind of like in life. Good Bob Something Ross like that. impersonation. <laughs> I'm gonna get a little crazy. Put a tree up here. Give it a little friend, a little squirrel little friend. Squirrel. Little squirrel. But no, we are um, currently in a lot outside of the Mesa, Arizona area, which is outside of Phoenix. <laughs> so it's basically Phoenix. Yeah. This is kind of the closest we've ever been. Uh, so far in like living close to a major city don't you think probably did I just make that up like in, t- in no. terms of like the spot is like we're we're only 15 minutes really outside of Phoenix I would say or Mesa Mesa which is like a suburb of Phoenix yes but we're probably like 40 minute 30 to 40 minutes from Phoenix but technically like 30 are... or 30 minutes from the airport that is pretty yeah. damn good because you can barely live in the Denver vicinity and yeah. be 30 minutes like in a house close, <laughs> yeah in a house and be 30 minutes to the airport now the Denver airport is pretty far outside of Denver yeah okay so to paint a picture of where we are right now we are sitting in the middle of the desert as we tend to do in the winter (laughs) looking out over some hills with some mountains off in the distance i can see some wild horses over on this hill over here i see a brown one and a white one I see lots of tall saguaro cacti, lots of Palo Verde trees. It's a pretty cool spot. Palo Verde trees have the most unique green color to them. I don't know how to describe their type of green. Well, you want to know what it reminds me of? Yes. It reminds me of like the color of the Wicked Witch of the West's face in Wizard of Oz. It is something like, it's like some kind of fake green or yeah. almost almost yeah. yeah it's uh it's very odd yeah they're cool i mean you've got to be an odd tree if you're surviving in the desert right yeah and then there's also lots of i think they're chain link choyas around here oh, not that's not the are. teddy bear choyas mm-hmm. those are the bad ones we hate <laughs> teddy bear choyas uh, but i believe these are chain link choyas also very prickly but not as bad not as apt to getting stuck in yeah you and not staying. as apt to gripping in your skin yes yes um but there is lots of traffic in this area since we are close to the town you might hear some ohvs some dirt bikes also another thing that you're probably hearing behind me is a helicopter (laughs) lots of helicopters in this area i don't know why it could be tours i think it's tours i think it's what it is because this area there's like like i mentioned there's mountains like we're surrounded by mountains like desert mountains yes and so it is really beautiful, and I'm sure it's beautiful from the sky. I think that's what it is. I think it's tours. Well, there, one thing since we've been here for almost a week, there are a lot of a shit ton of helicopters out here. So yeah, uh, yeah get used to that sound because um, <laughs> uh, we've gotten used to it. It's not the most quiet and peaceful spot, but it is. It is it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful spot, unlike our other desert spots. Because yeah, we kind of are up in these like mountainous, hilly regions outside yeah. of Arizona, outside of Phoenix. Well, I agree with you. It is. It's not the quietest spot, 
but it is, I think, one of the prettier spots in Arizona, if like desert-wise. Yes. Like there's a lot to look at. It's not just flat desert. Like there's a lot of shape and yeah, and mountains and the horses, the horses. Like I cannot believe, okay, there's three now. I cannot believe that I'm staring at three wild horses literally right this second. We're not making this up. I know you can't see it <laughs> when you're listening to this. You like, maybe you can picture it based on Amy slash Bob Ross's <laughs> mental painting she just gave you. But yeah, there are some, there are three, at least three wild horses off in the distance. So it's pretty magical. It's from, pretty cool. It's a mystical little area. And it's this is cool. where we find ourselves recording this podcast. Yes. So yes. embrace it all. The helicopters, the wild horses, <laughs> the dirt bikes, maybe jet barking. That always happens. Maybe, yes. Yeah. But yeah, this is a Van Life Series episode, so if you've stumbled upon this episode, um, we have a couple different series, but our main, I would say like the heartbeat kind of of our podcast is the Van Life Series episodes, and that is just me and Caleb sitting down, talking all things Van Life, talking about, yes. Does that sound like a heartbeat (laughs) on the mic? Um, Very faint, very faint, but... Talking all things van life, sometimes we recap, sometimes like, honestly, we just sit down and recap what life has looked like for us, and sometimes we have a little more specific of a topic to tackle, but this is really the heartbeat of our podcast. We do have a couple of other series that you will see us being releasing as well. We have got our Midday Ramblings with Q series back up and going, so look out for those episodes every Thursday. Those episodes are where we have our friend Cusicon, and we ramble about anything and everything. (laughs) Very, very, very random ramblings with Cusic. Look out for those every Thursday. We do have some Campfire Chat series episodes. We've released one last week and then we've got some more that we'll be releasing in the future those are where we have our friends on the show with us and we talk everything life travel experiences growth everything Um, I mean yes I would definitely call them friends but to like not friends that we've had for I mean, depends, depends. but not friends that we've had for years and years. The most recent ones are people we've met uh, in the last month and ended up having on, which, uh, yeah, we've kind of formed a little community, which is what this episode is kind of centered around, is forming communities on the road. Yeah. Um, And I think it's a great time to kind of like talk about that since we do, we've, you know, we have some new campfire chats coming out. So make sure you check out the one we released last week with Jen and Bryce As Caleb mentioned, we did just meet them in the last two months living on the road. And then we do have another one coming out in the future with our friend Sarah that we met on the road as well. So be on the lookout for that one. Both other van lifers. Yes, they do both live in a van. Yes. Which, I mean, let's just go into it. Finding community on the road. Not everyone that we meet on the road that we're formed community with lives in a van. No. I don't know if that comes as a surprise, but there are people out here doing it in all different kinds of ways. Vans, RVs, cars and tents. Um, those are the real, I don't know the if I would call them, you know, MVPs. heroes. Because uh, 
you know, I'm technically a hero for working at Whole Foods during the <laughs> pandemic, so I don't know if the, the people who are living out of a tent full-time are considered heroes, but I would consider them heroes, you know, coming from a hero. From hero to hero. From hero to hero, I see them as a hero. No, that's the true life. Uh, <laughs> we were actually in Joshua Tree last week, mm-hmm. and uh, we stayed in the National Park for a night, and mm-hmm. uh, the morning we were leaving, a guy came up and talked to me, and he said he was living on the road full-time in a tent, but he was going to buy a van, like, that day. He was going to drive, and he had already, like, I guess, made the arrangements to buy a van, and that he was asking me about how I enjoyed living it in it, and I was like, dude, if you've been living on the road full-time in a tent, like, the van is going to seem like the a Taj mansion. Mahal. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be a mansion. You're going to be like... I'm not even camping anymore. Like yeah. it's gonna, it's going to be completely different. So that's a total. That is a pretty different, different route to go. I mean, it's like a whole new ball game. You know, like I think if you're if we like went to a car in a tent, it would be a whole new series of things to tackle and learn. Well, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So, but I do feel like the people we met who are living in a tent and. It's for stints. It yeah. may not be like quote unquote full time, which is a question that you know people ask a lot. Are you guys full time? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Are you not full time? You know, there's people who are doing it seasonally. There's people who are doing it full time, like us. We have no other place to stay. Um, the only thing that we own that's not in our van is our record player <laughs> and our record collection. Yeah, uh, which doesn't seem applicable to van life. Um, Unfortunately, but yeah, people are living out on the road and various things and mm-hmm. which is kind of one reason we are in mesa arizona is because we are rig sitting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some some more friends that we've made you know in our community that yeah. we met last year and they're in an rv yeah they're in a big rv and they are out of town for the week and so we are rig sitting for them watching their home while they are gone and the cool thing about them is yeah we met them last year like last thanksgiving not the most recent but the one before that and here we are a year and some months later still really really close still really in touch and close enough to where we're watching their home for them while they're gone but finding community and forming community on the road did you like have any expectations for like what that would look like or did you have any ideas maybe not expectations but like what were you thinking before we moved into the van that that would look like? Or did, did that even, like, cross your mind? Was that um, even a, something you were looking for, you know? Good questions. Uh, I'll say no. I don't think it was, like, it definitely wasn't one of my main focuses in going on the van. Like, when we finally, like, set off on our first voyage yeah. that I guess we're still on because it's, <laughs> it's our life now. It's not just a trip. Um yeah. I had no real interest or it wasn't that like I didn't desire it. I wasn't like shunning people away, but it was just not a focus of mine anyways. Maybe because I'm an introvert and you're kind of an introvert. Kind of. I wonder who's who's more introverted, would you say? Uh, it really I mean, I know I did win senior superlative most outgoing <laughs> so at our weird. high school. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I do think it was apt at the time. I was very outgoing my later years in high school. I knew a lot of people. Well, I think to answer your question of who is more introverted between the two of us, I think I don't know, Caleb, I've seen you be like I feel like once you get in once you get in the group, I think you're more extroverted than me. Like once you get around the people, uh-huh. you are more extroverted than I am. But I think 
the stage before that, like the like <laughs> planning of getting together with people, yes. I'm a little more uh you need to plan it. I'll just show up and be there. I'm a little yeah. more proactive in that aspect. But then, yeah, once we get together, I feel like, I mean, you just, you draw people in really well with your, like, energy and the way you converse and talk with people. Mm-hmm. And that, like, kind of, that shines, honestly, in a group of people. But you're not going to be the one to get the group of people together. No. <laughs> if I'm trying to get the, pe- the group of people together, it'll never happen because I'll be like, eh. I'm okay just, yeah. you know, being by myself. Yeah, I'm okay just playing video games. <laughs> yeah, tonight. which is, yeah, which I actually kind of always am. Like, I'm yeah. always. Same. Honestly, you know, same. I know that if I'm by myself, I'm definitely going to be having a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um, I feel like once once the group gets together, I'm a little more introverted within the group than you are. Hmm. I like that. But I do think we both, like you said, like we both, any and every night are down to just stay in and do and even between Whatever. us, like it can, we can hang out together, or yeah. you know, we can also do our separate things yeah. uh, at night. And I always find myself very okay with that. Another twist on this question is when we first moved into the van, yeah. the pandemic was kind of at its height. Yeah, height, height, height. height. Excuse yes. me. Or it was getting close to um, its height, and so you know, people were still very unaware. This is July of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even when we were on the road, people are, the people are meeting, you have no idea what, you know, they're thinking about it, whether they want to be close to you, whether they want to have interactions. Mm-hmm. What, I don't know, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to have interactions <laughs> with people. I, like, I don't even know where I really wanted yeah. either. Yeah. So that was just, that was a weird time. Like just talking in, about community. Like that yeah. was a weird time for us to start was what? in a time where, I mean, even, Where like, in our homes. Like, community was shunned. Had cut off our community. Not cut off, but, like... You weren't supposed we to weren't be communing it. with people. Like, you were not supposed to be communing with society. Yeah. You were supposed to be, like, locked up yeah. and hidden away from people because of like this... Rapunzel. This deadly virus. Yeah. Uh, I still remember, I think it was when in our first few weeks, um, I was reading about it in my journal the other day. We met a guy named Casey... Oh, yeah. You remember Casey? Yeah, I it do. It was very early on. Yeah, and like so, in the first Yeah, maybe weeks. one of our first really good interactions with someone mm-hmm. um, in terms of community. But Casey had lived in East Nashville, actually, for a long time, which we're from Nashville, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Lived there for like 28 years of my life. Um, and now Casey's living, he was living in Taos, but he was up just camping in Colorado. And we were on our roof, I think, just having some happy hour watching the sunset behind Elbert. And he was just like walking around like Aww. amazed at the sun Mm -hmm. uh, at the sunset and just came up and started talking to us i remember having the conversation with him because he was on the ground and we were up on our van and we're like you can come up on the roof and he's like i don't even know like how to interact with people anymore right now he's like i don't know what y'all's view on the pandemic is i don't really know what my view on the pandemic is i don't know if we should be like hanging out in close proximity uh we ended up just talking to him you know while we're on the roof and he was on the ground and kind of got to know him but and he had some great little quotes that i actually like had in my journal (laughs) that's cool Um, that I, like I still that. remembered from the interaction. And, I mean, we actually got this phone number. I still have his phone number anytime we come through Taos. Casey, if you're listening, we might hit you up sometime. <laughs> but that I was, still remember you. I just remember that interaction of being, like, that was kind of our first. I mean, we're always, I'm open to conversing with anyone and, like, meeting new people. But it just felt weird. No, neither party kind of knew whether we should get closer or just keep the same, I mean, or keep the same kind of distance at the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, building 
so community was kind of just like outside the picture. I wasn't, yeah. it definitely was not trying to make any kind of community. I was open to like having little one-off interactions like that with people and then like maybe coming back around um, to to like form something later with some people, but it was just not a focus. I was wanting to be out on the road in nature, honestly kind of by myself. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Sorry, Ames. <laughs> but that, I mean, one of my favorite things to this day and also in what van life gives me access to is just living in nature. And when I yeah. get to kind of experience nature also just like alone, anytime, we, you know, not even with you, mm-hmm. um, it's always very transformative and grounding and peaceful. There's just something different about also, you know, being alone out in nature. Yeah, there's, it's, I know for me, like when I'm alone in nature, I feel really vulnerable being alone in nature. But I also feel really, I'm connected to something. (laughs) Well, you are technically a part of nature. Yes. I know as our culture, we've tried to remove ourselves as much as possible (laughs) from having anything to do (laughs) with... We're trying to get rid of it. ...with Mother Earth and nature. But, uh, yeah, what was your view on community at the time? At that time? I mean, yeah, similar. It was very very confused and unsure of yeah how to interact with people in general um and so which that honestly uh, nah i'm not gonna give my views here yeah we don't need to go into like more than that but (laughs) i agree that it wasn't in the forefront of my mind and i think a big part of that was the timing and the pandemic and everything but i also think even if pandemic the pandemic weren't didn't happen then I still don't think it would have been like the forefront of my mind at that time. I think at the very beginning, kind of like you mentioned, I was just ready to just like, it wasn't community I was chasing. It was more nature I was chasing. It It was was like communing with nature. Yeah. And it was more what we were chasing. The lifestyle I was chasing and just like figuring out how to live, I guess. Especially in the van. Like community was kind of, pandemic aside, I still think it would have been like a secondary or even tertiary. Is that third? Nice. Secondary. Word of the day right there. Tertiary. (laughs) I think that's it. Or like a third thing. Like it wasn't the forefront. Like if you had asked me to list like my top three things I'm looking forward to in van life, community wouldn't have been in the top three. Yeah. Um, And that feels about right for me. Like that doesn't, when I say, like when now I'm reflecting on it and saying that now, it doesn't feel like now looking back, I'm like, what? That was so crazy. Like that, that's about right for me, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when did we kind of start forming communities or have our first like interaction with people to where, oh, wow, like this is actually forming a little friends community. and people I yeah, want to yeah, keep yeah, up yeah. with? Definitely Thanksgiving of 2020. So our first Thanksgiving in the van. Also kind of our first expedition into Arizona ever. Yeah. Yeah. So we spent the first few months mainly in Colorado, we spent some time in Moab, and then eventually made our way down to Arizona. And yeah, I really feel like Thanksgiving of 2020, our first, like, I guess, like communal, communal family holiday, um, was really where we started to form friendships and community. Yeah. And I think, I feel like it was very centered. I think Thanksgiving really kind of brought it about because I remember we like we were parked in Sedona and 
the people parked next to us like I mean you do have these one-off conversations sometimes with if people park near you you know you might like say hey and like find out where they're from and Uh maybe have a little conversation but it typically most of the time doesn't really go anywhere after that well most of the time too like even if both parties leave the door open for future interactions um, most people out on the road are kind of off on their own missions too. Like, yeah. you know, we may have a really good conversation and be like, oh, you know, that guy is really cool, but mm-hmm. he's like leaving the next day to go to New Mexico and in California yeah. and up the North coast for the next year. And I'm yeah. like, well, we're going the complete opposite path. So there's a lot of people will meet like that where yeah. we do become, you know, there's like good connection and good energy, but it's just like within an, another day, we're both going our separate ways for who knows how long, yeah. you know, um, which I remember, Actually, uh, your our brother-in-law Lance. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Lamps. Um, Lamp. Lamp asked me, you know, one of the th- he. I think he asked me just kind of about community on mm-hmm. the road. Um, and I said, you know, we get a lot of interactions with people, but most of the time they are very one-off. They're always like, yeah, we'll have a conversation with someone, or we'll even have like a campfire for one night with some people, mm-hmm. and then maybe never see them again because the next day we're both going our separate ways and mm-hmm. on just different missions, and they're from a whole different part of the U.S. And and when people are doing this lifestyle differently, like some people are like they are traveling and they're trying to go to lots of spots in a, yeah. you know, in a short amount of time. And then there's some people who aren't, that's not their focus maybe at that time. And they're just kind of trying to like us, they're just trying to like stay warm or like, you know, make it more sustainable. So kind of like taking a break from just like bouncing around. Um, so yeah, you never know that. Like you could totally vibe with someone and then they're like on this big long expedition and they're just like stopping through. So that's also just kind of how, you know, and, not to act my age, but, you know, as you get older, that's just kind of how... Closer to 40? Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. No, I am definitely closer to 30 <laughs> still. You'd round down in my case. Um, but, you know, as you get older, um, th- those are kind of like the standard, the norm of interactions for the most part. You know, most people are kind of on their own path at this point and set on their journeys, on their on their tracks, um, yeah. whether they're living road life or not living road life. So it's not always just, uh, you know, back in the day in high school where it's just like all you had to do in the, your free time was hang out with people, yeah. Yeah. you know? Oh, yes, that's true. It is totally different. But, yeah, I definitely feel like the first, like, feeling of community on the road that we felt was that first Thanksgiving. And I do think it was very, like, we all kind of had – we were in the same – uh mindset for that time like no one was like trying to like no one was really bouncing around we were all in Sedona because obviously it's an awesome spot it was warm and we were all staying like through the holiday and I remember we like Thad and Kristen were the people that parked next to us and I remember I remember my first interaction with Thad and this is actually something I wanted to talk about and it'll keep coming up I think is Dogs are a huge part of forming community on the road. <laughs> as you can hear. As like, listening. they are the biggest, I think they're one of the biggest, like, doorways to, like, inviting you to talk with people. And when we were parked next to Thad and Kristen, they have they have two dogs, and one of them has three legs. His name is Tucker. And he was just, like, bouncing around. And um, I just started, like, casually chatting with Thad because I just, like, saw Tucker going off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, he's so cute. Like... 
how what happened to him why does he only have three legs and we were just talking about it and then like that was it and sometimes those are that's it that's your only conversation but then like the next day we kind of like just chatted again and then eventually I think he said like hey we'd be down to have like a fire with y'all if you want and we were just like sure so we had a fire and then in the fire we started talking about like are y'all staying through Thanksgiving yeah we should see if they are and they are like the other people around us and everyone was and so we just decided to have as Thad coined it a stranger fire stranger fires yes and yeah just for thanksgiving since we all were just in the middle of the desert in sedona just like have a fire everyone bring some food kind of like a potluck thing and we'll all just eat and sit around the fire and see where it goes and and where it goes is us sitting in mesa arizona recording this podcast right now <laughs> rig sitting for the friends that were around that fire on thanksgiving <laughs> for some of the friends for that some we of met. the friends yeah. yeah um so yeah that has led us here but both so this is kind of like our second winter in the desert Mm -hmm. and both times like super incredibly unintentionally these communities have formed Mm -hmm. um and i think it's just i mean one the desert holds magical energy have we talked enough about our love for the (laughs) desert do do you guys know how much we love the desert (laughs) do you consider yourself more of a desert girl or a mountain girl or a beach girl I, i honest i mean oh gosh at this point in my life, like, I feel like I'm all three. Like, I feel like I have really soaked and spent enough time and marinated in all three of those environments. And I, like, I love all three of them. You're and just I, becoming an earth woman. Yeah. like A I, woman of the earth. I did used to always say beach. And then we moved to Colorado. And I we were landlocked and I fell in love with the mountains and I learned to fall in love with, I'm still, water is still a big thing for me. So like, I mean, the Alpine lakes became my, those are beautiful. My water. Very cold, but beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mentioned before, I never knew I'd fall in love with the desert, but here I am and I can't deny it. So I I really feel like I'm all three, like all three of those puzzle pieces fit together to like Uh make me. (laughs) It's like three points where two lines meet. Triangles are my favorite shape. I don't know. What would you say? Are you a desert man or a mountain man I, or a beach man? I mean, as of our recent life, the beach beach man, beachcomber feels... Rastaman. Yeah, I'm a Rastaman. Um, I do think... And we've had actually some one-off interactions where people are like, you guys seem like beach vibes oh, out here. People I mean, have said that. They exactly. have said that. I mean, I do, even out here in the uh, desert, typically I'm wearing like a tank top with palm trees. Mm-hmm. I was wearing uh, technically my swimsuit all day yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, the weather's so nice that I'm just shirtless and like I'm literally dressed as if I was going to the beach <laughs> most days yeah. with some like, you know, dirty blonde dreads and, you know, a little five o'clock shadow and very tan skin. Um, just to give, very tan. Just to paint you a picture of myself of right now, physically. <laughs> That's how I look. So yeah, I kind of look very beachy. Um, I, I don't. I think more mountain and desert is where I'm at, just because that's where we've been living. Yeah, because you've been so removed from the beach in the last five or six years. Yeah, I yeah. do. I really love our balance of the two that we've been getting in the van life. Like yeah. our, our desert time feels very intentional, and it, it's like we fully embrace becoming desert people and then when it's time to head back up to the beautiful mountain ranges of Colorado like that is my whole world when I'm there uh so that yeah 
So do you feel like you miss balance. the beach aspect? Like, do you feel like you're you know, missing it, no, water I don't feel like and I'm missing. ocean and like? I if I think about it too much, I do. Yeah. I'll miss it. Yeah. But uh, overall, no, it's kind of just not in my mind. I'm so very present in the in the the nature I'm at, wherever that is, mountains or like you know how you just painted this beautiful virtual picture for everyone mm-hmm. of the desert mountains we're in with the saguaro like I, I can't tell you which one i prefer more but i think at this point i'm just earth like you said yeah, earth. earth moment like whatever earth takes us that's where i'm i love i think at this point i've been able to like really see and feel and find the beauty of nature no matter what type of nature it is like whether it's a desert whether it's mountains whether it's a beach and I mean, we haven't hung out in planes very much, but I honestly think even... Airplanes? If, no, like P-L-A-I-N-S. Planes? Like planes. It's like we got some planes when we were up in Idaho. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. But like, I feel like even in planes, even though, like I said, we haven't hung, hung that much there, I still, I think I'm at a point now, I just find beauty in nature no matter what it is. You know, if it's flat, if it's mountainous, if it's dry, if it's... I don't know what's not if it's if there's an ocean like anywhere swampy yeah we haven't really been in swampland yet but I just I think I'm at that point now like wherever I am as long as like I am in nature I feel connected and I feel the magic and I feel the beauty and I'm happy yes yeah same you don't I don't crave anyone if I'm in the desert I'm not craving yeah I'm not trying to get out of the desert and you know craving the mountains and craving the ocean I'm fully engulfed in the desert vibes but do you find yourself like do you find yourself like if we're like in an airbnb or if we're in a city for a little bit do you find yourself like craving a specific form of nature you know what i mean like i think we've answered that (laughs) no oh okay just nature yeah I think we we beat that dead horse there. (laughs) No, the horses aren't dead. I see them right now. What are you talking about? (laughs) But to bring it back to community and forming community, we have really found that, I mean, like the desert is where we form community. In the almost two years that we've been living on the road, it's always been like in the winter in the desert where we form community. And I think that's because... Like we mentioned earlier, like when we're meeting people in the desert, a lot of times they are just, they're down here because it's warm, like they're not bouncing around. So Mm -hmm. that obviously helps you really be able to invest the time and like the conversations and the experiences with each other. Yeah, because everyone's in Arizona during the winter just to avoid everywhere else in the u.s <laughs> yes. so we're they're not really yeah as i said earlier lots of people you know are on their own missions and paths on the road when you come to arizona in the winter the like experience we've had is most people are kind of doing the opposite yeah. like we are we're just trying yeah. to like yeah we'll travel around arizona mm-hmm. but uh surprisingly the, the very the only warm spots in the U.S. during the winter are kind of this little southwestern corner or like the far reaches of Florida. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so everyone kind of gets pushed down into these little corners if you're like a full timer living on the road and you don't want to deal with the cold and the snow and the rain. It's just you it's know, just less to deal with. <laughs> or as our friend Sarah says, chasing that t-shirt weather, yes. which we're definitely in. Yeah. Um, so like opposed to like 
once it starts getting warmer, so like late spring, summer, early fall, everyone who lives on the road at that, most people who live on the road at that point, I feel like they are floating here and there just because there's so many places. Like those are the best times to see. I mean, if you ask anyone like, oh, when's the best time to visit XYZ? They're probably going to say spring, summer, or fall. Yeah. Like easily one of those. So when you meet people like, like we're, when we're up in Colorado in the summer and maybe we have a great conversation with the people parked next to us, it usually is just a one-off thing because they're going somewhere the next day or we're going somewhere the next day. Like people are just constantly moving during those times. Mm-hmm. But the winter is such a good time to form that community because that's not happening. Yeah, and it's happened. <laughs> Everyone's journey is kind of on pause and like in a way. two years in a row, mm-hmm. not saying we're out of the winter yet because it's like mid-February yeah. right now, but like so far kind of, yeah, two winter seasons in a row even very unintentionally but extremely organically and yeah. naturally these communities have just kind of like formed around us it's almost like it's just like scooped us up like we were in this pile of sand and two hands just like lifted everyone up together and we just happened to be in that pile of sand that was lifted up with the people that were around us and like obviously still friends and still close with people even though there was We've met, they've come from all over the place. We've now met people from Maryland, from uh, Georgia, from North Dakota, Minnesota, Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, and Kansas. It, Kansas, yeah. It, it almost doesn't matter where you're from. But no. the The desert and the wintering in the desert has kind of brought us all together. And though we all, you know, the, I, I think a defining thread between everyone is that. You know, lots of people are kind of introverts on the yeah. road. And, like, I know we all, like, humans like human interactions and like community, but it's kind of difficult to really, like, form one. But both times it's happened, it's been very organic and natural. And it's been, I think, too, like, this Arizona winter is a good community space because, like, our friends Goat and Cat, who we're rig-sitting for right now, like we mentioned, we met them in Thanksgiving of 2020. And we met up with, we hung out with them a few times that winter because we both were in Arizona. Uh-huh. And then we met up with them once in the summer, I think. In Wyoming. In Wyoming. And then we just, we both knew we're both going to be back down here next winter. You know, like I think like everyone we meet down here, like the community we've kind of formed this year, it's going to be like, maybe, hopefully we can see you in the summer for paths cross. If not, we feel pretty good. We'll probably see you down here in Arizona <laughs> next winter. And like... The crazy thing is, like, you just kind of blink and snap your fingers and it's next winter and you're back together again. Like, it's so weird. It's almost like this is our home. And for, like, nine months, we all go out and go our separate ways and go explore the world. And then, like, in November, we come back for, like, three or four months. And commune in the desert together. Yeah, that that is, like, very much kind of what it's becoming. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what's happening with, like, Goat and Cat. And I feel like a lot of the people we've met this winter there's potential for that to happen again next winter with them and yeah it's not it hasn't even been no one's had to like stress themselves out about it or like Mm -hmm. you know it's just it just has kind of both times has just happened naturally um and like you said dogs which you'll if you listen to our campfire chats coming out Mm -hmm. dogs are a huge connecting factor in in forming communities and meeting people i mean if you are if you do have a hard time just like approaching people and just starting a conversation, let your dogs do that for you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, with Bryce and Jen, who we had on last week, you hear the story in there, but 
You also hear our dogs in there probably in the background. They met, or Caleb met them because we found these two stray dogs and Caleb was trying to find their owners. So he just approached them asking if they were the dog's owners and then they just started talking. And then with Sarah, who we also have recorded a campfire chat with, and you'll see that one out in a couple weeks, um, she was just like walking her dog Banjo around. And of course, if a dog walks by, our dogs get interested. And we were kind of, we both kind of looked at each other like, is your dog friendly? Like, can they play? And so we let them play. And so Sarah and I just talked while they started playing. And then Caleb came out. And then next thing you know, like... Next thing you know, we found out she's from Colorado. She built her van out herself. These are all just little promos for her <laughs> campfire chats. Also, fun fact, she almost bought our van. Yes. Wow. You're going to have to stay tuned for that I one, I know. People. So... Like, those are great ways just to, like, naturally and organically start talking with someone. And then, yeah, next thing you know, it's like, hey, are you going to be here on Friday? Like, maybe we'll have a campfire. I think dogs are the first thing. They're, like, the doorway. And then, like, the house that people come into is the campfire. Like, a campfire. Which is funny because none of us really have houses out here. We're all living in vehicles or boxes. But Or tin cans. Or tin cans, yeah. But campfires are, like, the pillar, I think, of community. That's really where you, like, that's where it gets really established, I feel like, is Uh, the campfire. I mean, I think that's been, I don't know. So I recently read a book called The Hunter-Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century. Um, And I think we'll probably discuss it further on this podcast at some point. But uh, it's... You know, I, I don't know even how to describe the premise for the book, but it's looking at aspects of our society uh, in a way through adaptations and evolutions over the years and kind of seeing where, as a society, we've gone wrong now and how we can, like, backtrack to its kind of, like, primal roots of, like, no, this is, like, very healthy as a human. Um, and one of those things is campfires. Like, since fire has been invented, invented for the humans, like, campfires have been that open communal space for ideas to be shared, for, for like, essentially built history. Oral history was probably built around a campfire. Um, it's where, like, music and arts were formed. It's just kind of like the open... It's like a portal. Campfires are just, like, an open communal portal to where you know it's like what happens around the campfire stays around the campfire but not really because but it's just you know everyone just feels very open and at peace around the campfire and uh, in the book they go on to see to talk about how um which is a a point that i remembered like since humans have been sitting around and communing around campfires for so long that our eyes have adapted and even like evolved to where we're still at now though we live in boxes of floor I can never say that word. Fluorescent. Fluorescent (laughs) light. Um, That is a tricky word for me to say with my tongue. Fluorescent. Fluorescent. Unique New York. That like clipping that you got or whatever, Yeah. I got my tongue clipped when I was in third grade. (laughs) That's a different story. Um, So I can't say fluorescent right. That was pretty good. But they're just talking about how even, you know, if you do studies like our eyes are naturally in tune to that warm campfire light Mm -hmm. especially at night and so if you want to have lights on at night um, they should be warm they should be red and orange and like so because our bodies are used to that's their signal to kind of like winding down and getting you know being very in tune with our circadian rhythm Um, like we're we're very accustomed to that light but now we've kind of like done away with that 
just living in houses and boxes Mm -hmm. for our life. So, yeah, campfires, I think, are huge. And I think they end that chapter with being like, you know what, sit around more campfires with people. (laughs) And I feel like that is one thing that we've had... There's numerous amounts of memories in my mind from the year and a half we've been on the van where I've had incredible experiences with people around campfires. Yeah. And I can't even begin to tell you, like, the stories and the the conversations we've had around it because they've been numerous. And, like, I don't know what it is, like, because I would say, like, before this, I would have equated, like, before really experiencing the campfire communal thing, I would have thought... Oh, I bet it's like when you sit around a dinner table and like you eat food mm-hmm. together. And like yeah, it is similar to that, but there's just that added element of all of the nature around you, like whether it's just the fact that the like there's the element of fire literally in front of you mm-hmm. or whether it's the fact that you're sitting outside breathing fresh air or you're looking at the sky or all of those things together, like there's just there is that magic there that you don't get just around a dinner table. Um, like you bring, it's like you're just inviting all of the elements of the earth in with you into this like conversation and community that you're having with the people around you. And that's something that it adds so much. It adds so much. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all, you know, out when we meet people out in the areas we do, we're already kind of blown away by just the environments we're in. Yeah. Um, and then to have a shared experience of like experiencing those, these amazing natural environments around a campfire and also having that communion, it just forms bonds like immediately. Yeah. Um, and I think like you and I have talked about this, we've been like, how and why do we like, how does it happen that if you want to like put it on a piece of paper, how long we've spent with some of these people. Like uh-huh. if you want to put a number on it, you know, like, oh, it's been 12 hours total or <laughs> yeah. whatever. I 12 don't know. hours over three weeks yeah. of just being around a campfire. Yeah. But it feels like we've known them for years. Yes. And like when we do separate and go our own ways and like still kind of keep up with each other throughout the spring, summer and fall, like it still feels, they still feel very close. They you do. Know? I mean, like even the friends we're rig sitting mm-hmm. for right now like yeah i think you put it i think we talked about it the other day it's like we've really only known them like five days out of our life i think it's it, more with them well yeah okay it's probably not, true not a month but under a month but a month. there's been people i've known my whole life and it feels like we've known them our whole lives mm-hmm. and even though we went our separate ways kind of over the summer just being able to which i'm anticipating kind of with the community we formed this winter mm-hmm. um, just like expanding that family travels they've stayed in touch with our travels and if there are opportunities to like meet back up to where we can share another campfire again we've always like tried to make that happen and Mm -hmm. taking it and it's just been continually producing fruit yeah um that is delicious fruit yeah (laughs) so really i think the keys to finding and forming community on the road are dogs and campfires dogs and cats (laughs) seriously that is it Um, it really is coming from two very introverted people who are very happy to just stay put in the van mm-hmm. and uh, play video games all night, which, yeah, seems very odd for the lifestyle we live in. But, <laughs> hey, you got to find your balances somewhere, people. Yes. yes. And uh, what do we do on those video games? Well, we just started a farm <laughs> on Stardew Valley together. Thanks to Bryce and Jen for the recommendation. Yes, shout yes. out to Bryce and Jen. Amy fell asleep literally in real life 
and in the bed and in the and in the bed i don't know how to <laughs> my character it. was going to sleep in the game and as my character is going to sleep i Amy fell asleep also in fell real asleep life. in real life <laughs> and i woke up the next day to get started on our farm together and she was sleeping in <laughs> she's literally sleeping in that's what it's like to play video games with me sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yes campfires and dogs though are the connections yeah. to community yeah Yes, definitely. For introverts like us. Probably for extroverts, too. Campfires and dogs. I'd be interested to have, like, someone who really, like, feeds off of community and gets a lot of energy from community and, like, is really extroverted. I'd be interested to hear their take on this. Just a thought I had. (laughs) Not as interested. Okay. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, well, that's kind of how our community has formed, and I think it was just a relevant topic because we, yeah, the our most recent episode was um, a campfire chats with some people we've met who just started living on the road back in October, so mm-hmm. it's it's very cool, even, you know, we had known them for a few weeks, and then we asked them to sit down and record a podcast and just, like, learning their story of how they came to be sometimes you know in our broken interactions over campfires mm-hmm. that never really comes to complete fruition you yeah. never get the full stories yeah um so sitting down and just hearing their stories uh just how they came to you know their life before living on the road and how they all their past led them to be in arizona at the same time that we were and how we all met like yeah learning that about people has been very cool yeah and uh, i yeah, we have that episode. We have another episode coming out like that, and I think they're going to continue. It's been a very cool and life-giving thing to learn about people's stories like that and to, like, form these communities, even though we're not out here, you know, striving for it. It's not your top three yes, goals. Yes, yes, Yeah, and I think it's also, too, just, like, such an interesting time in a person's life to meet them. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's so cool, I think, meeting people right now where they're at because it's like I mean like you mentioned with Bryce and Jen like we hadn't heard their whole story of how they got to where they were until we sat down and recorded the podcast even though we'd had several conversations with them around the fire Uh like I don't know there's just so much like meeting someone where they're at right now like there's just you don't know anything about their past and that's such a cool way to like meet someone and then then you just get fed those little bits here and there you know like it feels like there's unlimited potential of stuff to learn about people like when we when we just meet them like right now it's like okay i know like we've connected but i know nothing about your life or how you grew up or like how you got here and it's like you literally have a blank slate in your mind of who they are like you haven't put them in a box or like you haven't built created this personality of oh (laughs) you haven't like created this story of who they are because you have no context yeah (laughs) and like it's such a other than they live in a van and they're down here in arizona and that's just so different because like even if you are conscious of it or not like our minds can just do that with especially people we like have a long history with or like we've known for a long time like you can just without knowing it just kind of put them in this box in your head and label them as this or I know this I don't know it's not it doesn't feel as open sometimes it's just a cool way to meet people yeah yeah a cool time and I think it was cool this past winter all these you know we've been mentioning these people a lot but I think you know everyone has said just how 
you know, they were like, they thought the community would happen at some point on the road, mm-hmm. but it hadn't really happened for them mm-hmm. uh, until these moments. And like I said, we weren't like from our standpoint, we weren't, we weren't even like really putting our foot out there to try and like yeah. make it happen. It's it just, just natural. So yeah. naturally happened um, that these communities just form. And yeah, it's not with everyone, you mm-hmm. know, whether they're going a different path or whether your energies don't mesh, but the people it has happened with, uh, it's been very fruitful, uh, I think for everyone. And yeah, it's just been a really cool part of van life that I never anticipated, never had on my top list of things desiring when mm-hmm. I moved into this road life. But, you know, and as the days go along, it's very cool to keep up with people's different journeys from internal journeys to external journeys of like where they literally are at physically and where yeah. they're headed next and like whether we can meet them somewhere or whether we're going to meet back in a year. And or whether they've been to a place that we're going, they're like, you got to check this, this and this yeah. out, you know. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, unintentional organic communities on the road over dogs and campfires. Boom. (laughs) I think that about sums it up. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and for joining us in the desert. The wild horses are still out in front of us, which I'm kind of surprised. So. They got nothing. They're just wintering down here too, (laughs) right? We should go form a community with them. Let's go. Let's invite them to the fire. (laughs) I don't know if they like fires, but. Did you get my horse impression there? It was not good. (laughs) 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 All right, we're going to work on that. (laughs) Okay, go work on my horse impressions. Thank you so much for listening. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Peace Peace out.